0: Hi, everyone. Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. Before we begin, I would like to give a shout out to my Patreons. Thank you all for supporting and helping us build community. And to everyone listening who hasn't joined us on Patreon, I will invite you to join us. Uh, There's always room for more people to help us build and keep growing because there's a whole lot we want to do. And we are not where we want to be yet. Um, also if you can't join right now we understand because times are hard but you can also help us by subscribing sharing liking and giving five star ratings plus reviews podcasters need that especially on itunes and apple because that's the biggest platform and you know we don't have the money to advertise so hey push us keep pushing us you know push us up there on the algorithm so with that being said today's guest is a brother like literally a brother from you know, when, when we get in, you're going to know why he's a brother, but he's a brother from where I'm from, the city that kind of baked me. And um, he's an, uh, he, he came here as an international student. He has a great podcast, culture class podcast. And we'll get into that much later. He's, uh, he has a background as a financial professional. He's a consultant. He's an all-around awesome human being. And as I said earlier, he's a brother, someone who I consider a brother with an awesome voice. So, without much being said, I welcome Nosa Iyari. Uh Domo, Nosa. Domo, Ipa. I'm Ipa now. <laughs>
1: oh, ah. man. Ni- nice to be here, Harry. Thank you for bringing me on the podcast. Hey. I see you are, ra- you are rapping Super Eagles ah. uh, with, with your jersey. You ah. know, the football world right now is... Uh, in a state of uh confusion
0: well i'm i'm glad it is it's um uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it yeah because uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I, honestly i don't care i'm tired of, i've been watching mostly african football i don't really care about european anymore it's like mm, i mean but anything that happens in europe will
1: definitely trickle down it's interesting to see how fifa uefa and like the club owners are just going through this whole power toss right now yeah so.
0: yeah let them mostly. let them burn themselves burn it down burn it down I don't <laughs> like we, we, we we need to take because we, if if they do gra gra, we need all our ta- They still need our talent to right. be where they. But they won't pay our talent what they should be paid. So, I'm like, well, when you all figure it out, you guys. But we need to figure our own, and you know, mm. if we fix our own on the continent. I don't think we'll even be bothering with this European uh, super True. league nonsense and all that. True. Just imagine it's, it's very Africa. exciting. It's more competitive on the African continent. Yeah. You know, you can't predict who's going to win the African Champions League or. Nations Cup, mm-hmm. you can try, you will still lose money. <laughs> if you go better, right. you will lose. So right. it's much more fun, and that's why I enjoy watching that. You know, But uh, European one, it's the same big teams, the same circle from England, France. Uh, not even France. Well, last year was France, but uh, Germany, um, 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 Spain... It's just four, just four teams, four countries keep producing, and it's like, come on. How do to you share. even still?
1: How do you still keep up with football? Because since I moved to the US, like you know, just watching matches like seven a.m. in the morning or some international it, it, matches, like it's it doesn't feel right. <laughs> so I've not it, been <laughs> able to, to really follow uh, football.
0: You know, I was I was a hardcore fanatic for, for when I left Nigeria. You know, like a whole lot of us were. So I had a little downtime before things life caught up to me here. So. Um I had internet and I was just like internet, 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 and you know, so you, you get all the some people start giving links to <laughs> to watch matches right. online. And then um yeah, then the worry like now that has everybody has one one uh company owns the streaming rights and all that, it wasn't as crazy yet. So you could watch matches on regular cable. Mm. And then yeah, companies that realize, oh, I can, I can own the whole thing, and that's what the Super League is about everybody being in one spot, and all the money goes to one place. and The more mm-hmm. they keep doing stuff, like it's no longer you, you lose the joy of it, you, you can't really talk right. it because everybody's now becoming that I'm superior to you and i'm like yeah. the community well, is some gone. some
1: people some people say it's survival of the fittest because you know, with covid you know we COVID a lot of teams like arsenal had to even lay off their mask, like a lot ah, of teams lost it, it, a lot of money teams in so japan this...
0: and in africa and it affected teams all over the world yeah. so why is yeah. it all the, ah, well. the small teams in england were affected teams in scotland were affected so how come mm-hmm. you know the, the, but their excuse i had the italian pre- uh juventus president today was saying um, it's for the modern fans. That's why they're doing this, mm-hmm. where twelve teams are guaranteed to always be there. There's no reward. There's no punishment for failure for it's, a bad. It's for, it's
1: for the money. I don't know they always bring
0: We don't want to share the money with anybody. We want mm-hmm. to have access to the jackpot. And fine, I, I would take that. It, it's okay. <laughs> we are big. We are big people now. We, we don't. You know, we don't need this. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. them. But Anyway, let's talk about you. You, you are more interesting than this. Uh, people. am I? I don't think so. Me and my are, boring life, yeah. You You're more interesting <laughs> because they those guys won't share the money with me. If they, they come and become patrons of my podcast, then we'll, it'll become different. I'll be like, okay, yes, you know, may, maybe they should have super league now. You know, we we we, we are at the point where you know, <laughs> nah, nah, I wouldn't change though, but. Tell us about uh, where, where was Nosa, uh, where, where's Nosa city of birth? And um, introduce us to, you know, where Nosa was born and, you know, the beginning of Nosa. The beginning, beginning. Well, story, story, once upon, once a, time. upon a time. Yes, that's how we say it. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I was born in Port Harcourt.
0: Hey, uh, another of my home places.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, my mom went to Uniport. Um, I, I grew up in a military family um my dad and my grandfather on my mom's side were both in the air force so uh while my dad was working for my grandfather uh obviously he met my mom and uh uh they haven't really told me the full story if my grandfather really approved of that relationship and everything but i know you know we need we we need
0: we need both of them on a podcast to come (laughs) tell us the full story Maybe, maybe. But, um,
1: you know, I mean, I, I remember one time uh, the story they always tell me was because uh, my my grandfather was in communications and my yeah. dad was a helicopter pilot. He, he flew C 130 helicopters for the Nigerian Air Force. And I think sometime in the 70s, uh, in the Nigerian Civil War, I think it ended in 70. So I think sometime yes. in like 76, 77 or 78, my dad flew a helicopter to go meet my mom and he landed like in a primary school. I think my mom was like receiving like jam lessons or she was doing something with school, something related to school. And he landed there and everyone thought that the war had started again. So everyone like in the village, like scattered, everyone ran away, but, you know, he came down. Uh, So that was a big flex, you know, carrying an airport helicopter, pick up your girlfriend or something. Yeah, yeah, I grew up in a military family, you know, ended up living in a lot of places because of my dad's job yeah Uh, out of the 36 states in nigeria i think i lived in about maybe 20 of them wow Uh, so i grew up with this affinity for culture and you know just you know uh Got interested in in culture, how different people do different things, because I moved so much. And my dad, you know, tell me about you know, he would go on international trips as well, whether that's Echo Mall or like internationally to like France or other places. Mm-hmm. So I just you know uh, got interested in culture for the most part, and that's one of the reasons why I started my podcast today. But yeah, it was a, it was an average, normal uh, life growing up. You know, I, I I won't call it average barracks because barracks.
0: you 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 got um. Uh... In nigerian experience that a whole lot of us, even i moved around nigeria a lot and um someone like delta state my mom was a federal civil servant so i got to visit a whole bunch of projects Um uh, like delta state i went around the, i've been to every local government in delta state but i was much younger so there's certain experiences that i'm not able to i wasn't able to ex to uh, appreciate so when it comes mm-hmm. to cultures and knowing people meeting people i've probably met a whole lot more uh, ethnic groups, people from the more ethnic groups than I realize. But it's until I talk to them on podcasts now then I start, like, oh, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe I've, then it's, memories start coming back later on. I'm like, oh, I've met somebody from this ethnic group that I realized that I met them, you know, back then. But you've got to move around and see pl- places uh, and have uh, uh, a bigger interaction. So it's not average. Trust me, it's not average because there are a lot yeah, more Nigerians I mean, who only you know one, one, one side one and part. only one one part and don't know any other thing. So uh, well, honestly, I'm just starting to appreciate
1: it now because mm-hmm. you know it wasn't really easy growing up and changing primary schools. Yep. I, I yes, know I, I can remember when friends would come, like when we lived in Abuja or something. Like friends would come and our room would just be a little scanty like you just have a bed and a few clothes and everything and they're like oh what what? your room doesn't really have a lot of stuff i'm like oh no like some of my stuff are in lagos and some of my Mm -hmm. stuff i'm (laughs) Benin so like (laughs) depending sometimes every three months i move so uh it wasn't really easy as a kid and that was one of the reasons why my dad wanted us to complete complete uh, a boarding school experience for the whole six years so that provides some kind of stability and oh. everything but i i took it for granted but now like i can see like if a lot of nigerians grew up that way maybe we won't have as much of the ethnic and religious tensions that we have currently uh, i think in it's the one
0: of it it's one but there's still the government still has to own up to its responsibilities yeah of course it's, there, it's, there's that as well yes yeah it's it's, it's course, a Nigeria good thing was a for lot of people was
1: much to... better when i was growing up like mm-hmm. you know when 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 our parents travel then you know we could go stay with the neighbors like our parents will allow us to go play in the street till dark you know they know we'll oh. come back but now because
0: of kidnapping terrorism all these things like oh yeah yeah no, Nobody It's gonna... not as it's not as easy yeah, to raise to a kid that. so um can you name uh some of the cities um um that, that you lived in that you got to experience or uh, the most memorable cities that you got to uh, um enjoy
1: uh, I mean, each city was pretty unique. Um, I mean, there, there's always Lagos, right, where we were, like, for 40 or 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. Kuta was pretty interesting. Um, I, I lived in Kuta for a while. Harcourt uh, was interesting as well. Uh, what what co-
0: barracks in Harcourt?
1: Oh, man, those barracks names, man. I lived in so many. Well, you that... said
0: Air Force, right? So yes. that would be close to... I know the, the Air Force there's an air force barracks that's close I, to I think it's the old barracks
1: i think we we lived in not the, I, think, I
0: never i never set foot on it but i i, I knew there was an air force place closer to
1: oh uh, we 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 don't why i even say i I, I, I might not remember some of those names because we, we we call it by the military name so um i think lagos was uh 305 305 fts or something enugu was 91 mog uh bini was Eighty-two day or that was the army, something like that. So
0: like, barracks I was so have civilian that. in Benin, I never even knew there was military in Benin. Like, all I knew military when they came to Wopos or that kind of thing. It's right, not, right, uh, right. I never knew barracks officially. Well I knew barracks as in where people I mean, lived. The, uh, right, uh, police barracks. I think I knew in Benin,
1: but yeah, I think there's a popular army barrack. Is it in Issia or something mm-hmm. or? something like that and you know blocks were from Benin so my dad has a house there so you know we we'll always go back home every now and again so
0: what area of uh, Benin?
1: where my dad is from
0: I mean yeah where you you guys lived in yeah or where your dad's house was at?
1: uh I mean uh G.R.A. um uh, around... I'm trying to see if it
0: was the um the area one of the areas that I played in Since oh I lived okay in, I mean a long time in Benin City
1: yeah, I mean, eventually, Jerry. Um, uh, before we, you know, he ultimately retired and built his house or whatnot. I went to Uniband too as well, so there's that. I Lived in Osa as well. Okay. But I had I had family uh, that lived in. Oh my God! Where is this place? Oh, that Guinness factory is again. Um, where these buses?
0: Oh, my my friend's dad. Uh, there.
1: Where these buses go? Um, move from. Uh, you know the bus Aduwawa.
0: Aduawa, man, I've yeah, i heard so, that name in ages. All <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, I have yeah. some
1: family in Aduhawa as well. Okay. And, you know, just different parts of Benin. So yeah. That's nice.
0: All right. So um being that you moved around, with that being said, uh, where does your favorite childhood memory come from and what do you consider your favorite childhood memory?
1: uh my favorite childhood memory um a bunch of things so there was a period when our my dad used to teach us because he he knew how to speak french he had he had traveled to france on uh, military my my dad was the most cultured village man i'd ever met and it it was it was so ironic because he grew up in the village right like he grew up in the village you know yeah. of course the uh, aguahola like you know mm-hmm. poor and everything but like if you if you met him later in life you would never believe he grew up in the village you think that his his father was one rich man cuz he was so cultured like he, he could play chess he could he could uh, read maps this was before google maps like he yeah, could read that, yeah. the paper maps mm-hmm. Uh, he, he could speak french uh, he knew how to eat with a fork and knife so it was a very culture like all our neighbors and everything don't you know that this guy is a long village boy <laughs> so uh yeah there were there were times when you know he used to read us stories in french wow. to help us uh you know learn french so that was pretty interesting he also used to teach us how to drive we're just like six years old. We couldn't even see he'll, he'll sit in the front seat. Then he'll put us on his lap. He'll be controlling the the pedal and yeah. the clutch. Then we'll be controlling the steering. So so that was pretty interesting as well. And, you know, boarding school, uh, I went to boarding school in Ibadan. So that was a significant part of my life. And I'm still involved uh, as an alumni till today. So What, what school? Was, uh, I went to Air Force uh, Comprehensive School oh, in, okay. in, y- in Yanofa, in the outskirts of Ibadan. So... So, yeah, just tons of stuff like that was pretty interesting. Um, I remember gaming as well when when the PlayStation first came out. Uh, and we had friends who tried to tinker up like PlayStations in the neighborhood. Like PS1 was the first PlayStation that came out, but we, we tinkered up like a PS4. It didn't work. It was just a container but we might mm-hmm. like put things together and we're like i imagine just imagine how the ps4 would be like people were like oh know they can never make a ps4 and now we have like a ps5 <laughs> yeah. so that was pretty interesting <laughs> as well um yeah just i can tell your story from all the different cities but i, I guess you know memorable ones would be learn how to drive at six obviously that's that's definitely in my mind uh, my dad always go drink beer with, with his friends and stuff in the evening and we'll we like buy malts and we'll put in like a beer glass and pretend we're drinking beer as well <laughs> you know so yeah, but yeah just just kid stuff man growing up so that that was pretty interesting uh for me
0: yeah i was i was trying to uh recall if i remember that name uh air force comprehensive school i don't know there was another military school in badon area but I don't think it was Air Force. I know I took the common entrance with the other one. I think that was an army military school, but I, I, I don't. I didn't pass that one when I took the common entrance.
1: Yeah, of- most likely, wherever there's a barracks, there's a school. So even though my school was in a barracks, but if there's like an army barracks or an mm-hmm. Air Force barracks, most likely there's a school within the barracks. So, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I'll believe that.
0: And I also lived in Ibadan, too, for a few years. So,
1: nice. Yeah. Do you not know speak Yoruba.
0: Um, just classified info, but um, <laughs> I, I used to speak Yoruba when I was a child, but uh, family didn't like it, so right, uh, they, they, they beat it out of me. Long story short, <laughs> they, they beat
1: Yoruba out of you. Yeah. Obviously, you obviously didn't stay in Lagos, right? Although, me, I, I no, don't I, I I stay in Lagos so. for
0: my visa that, that was as an adult, but mm. as a child, I was already I, by the time I was six years old, I was speaking four languages, I was speaking Hausa Yoruba. And, oh wow uh, English and uh, Pidgin and uh the instruction was speak English so by the time I moved move to mm. Benin, I was in just then so by the time I moved to Benin uh, it was uh funny enough in Benin it was only Yoruba children that were around me and none of them spoke Yoruba they were all Yoruba children born and raised in Benin and their family didn't really speak Yoruba so I didn't have anybody to speak Yoruba with but that beatings, the beatings I was getting, I think. said the beatings. <laughs> it, it, it just sent the wrong message. So I don't right. think with time, um, it reinforced the right messaging. And I don't know how I lost it. And yeah, so one day I just know, I woke up one day and <laughs> it just disappeared. And it disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> and then... well,
1: well, at least you learned. Like, it was difficult for us to learn languages because we're moving around so much. So mm-hmm. that's one thing I... I even to now, maybe I, do, I don't just have the I have affinity for culture, but it's been difficult for me to like lay my hand on like a language that I can master. So that that has also been a challenge, you know. But yeah. you know, we move anyway.
0: Yeah. So um, a guest I interviewed recently mentioned um, how uh, she she was she went to boarding school in a different country, a different African country. How um, there was no mid term, no uh, no they, you you didn't go home you know like parents didn't visit couldn't visit that kind of thing except uh for term breaks or um end of uh, like you know end of year obviously to come take you home that kind of thing so Mm -hmm. uh, what was your budding experience your budding school experience like you know could you go home could you you know how did you deal with it because it was first time you were away from home right
1: yeah, it was the first time I was away from home. But like I said, we grew up in so many places that being in a new place wasn't weird to me. Like I settled in on the first day. Like That was an issue. It was, it was a thing to me. I was used to like packing up my bags and unpacking it in another city. So I just treated boarding school as, as this as well. So pro- boarding school was pretty interesting for me, personally. We had all the things that a typical Nigerian boarding school would have, so we, we went home in the middle of the term. Uh, we had uh, visiting days, um, probably, you know, maybe once or twice a term, if I can remember correctly. But because it was on the outskirts of Ibadan, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like my parents are coming every day. Like people whose parents lived in Ibadan, like probably get to see their kids. But it was a military school as well. So it wasn't just a traditional boarding school. So we we'll in like cadets, like yeah. practices. So whether that's you know, punishments, what was a thing, being a military school, got soldiers in the school. A lot of people joined the military after uh, or went to the Nigerian Defense Academy after I was going to
0: ask if that was ever an option for you.
1: Uh, Kind of. I I always tried to, I tried once to join the Nigerian Navy. I think my brother tried like twice to join the Air Force, but my dad didn't really force it. He he wasn't like, he was like, look, if that's what you want to do, fine. But he didn't, it wasn't like, but, just based off me growing up military, like everybody will give it a shot at one point or the other. Mm-hmm. Some people make it, some people don't make it, uh, you know. But I, I tried, you know, uh, and then I go into university I was like, okay, let's just move with this civilian life. and <laughs> move ahead. But yeah, boarding school was, you know, military. It was military training, uh, a lot of discipline, um, made a lot of friends. I'm still in touch. And even till now, like I'm, I'm in touch with the alumni body. Like I was like the president of the my class alumni for like three years and now we're we're having like an anti-bullying initiative back in school that just goes to show how you know school influenced me because there were no phones back then so when you were in boarding school you were pretty much cut off there was no internet Mm -hmm. we're forced to do things as kids while navigating this whole discipline and soldier things so um yeah i i really had fun in those six years in ibadan
0: nice so um did you ever get to go into the city on your own and if you did what was that experience like the first time you, you tried it why, from boarding why, from yeah,
1: from boarding, boarding school no that was not allowed okay. however I, I think i can say this now i've graduated so there's nothing <laughs> to...
0: <laughs> that that's why i asked the question i was, I was yeah, looking for something i like mean that. F- first things first <laughs> the, the the school
1: was in somewhere called yana iyana is about an hour away from it's, Ibadan, it's not
0: coming it's but... not coming to me i think i've Yeah, it's like, I think it's really outside, (laughs) but (laughs) is it like when you're going to a lorry? Exactly. Uh
1: In fact, fact, there's a Uh, a, a story that uh, which Nigerian leader did they kill by dragging? Was it Ironsi that they tied him to a a jeep and dragged him on the road? Because Mm -hmm. when they were shooting him during during the coup, he couldn't die. So they tied him to a military jeep and dragged him and they killed him alongside um, Ladoja Akintola, who was the premier of the Western region yeah. back then. So it was, it was close to our school, the road where they dragged. I think it was Aguin around Sea, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. It, it,
0: it probably would be you. Yeah, I think it, yeah. you is the, the one. I'm, I'm the road sure the
1: that one. was with Ladoja, Ladoja Akintola, I think. Uh, it was around like that, my school, the outskirts of. But that was the whole, that's all Nigerian military cool <laughs> era. Yeah, that's an
0: episode of his own. was
1: very far. And mm-hmm. not only fire, it was dangerous because all the teachers were coming from the city, and there was pretty much one road. Just one road, like one, yes. one bus you could take. So mm-hmm. it was dangerous. So, what we used to do, we used to go to the villages. Like, we propped up the whole village economy. We developed an industry because of us. They had a market. So, because they, they didn't allow provisions back then. They didn't allow money. So, we're forced to eat the the, the food in, in school. And obviously, as you can imagine, military school in Nigeria, what kind of food would they serve? You know, so, we would wait for nightfall or wait for when it's, you know, almost dark and hop over the fence and go to the neighboring villages. In fact, that's why a lot of people started learning Yoruba, so they could transact. Yes. You go there, you know, yes. buy Gary, buy, you know, some stuff sardines or indomie or kulikuli or whatever so because of us like a lot of villagers started like making gary more because they know that these students mm-hmm. will like come over and you know sometimes the soldiers will, will you know wait wait in the bushes for us they caught a few people expelled a few people but you know hopefully thankfully they didn't expel me i remember the time i went with my brother and some some of that guy and the guy was like dude if they catch us like everybody in your household to be expelled like sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you guys, like, split this thing up? Well, I thought it's true. You know what? Next time, my brother, you go, you go one day,
0: I'll go another day. So, so, ah, yeah, that, stuff that, we don't think really about fun. back then. <laughs> right, right, <Wow>. right. <laughs> Yeah, that's no lie. The, 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 it's really on the, the outskirts. I, I was there to write um, a GC. Um, is it GC or GSC or whatever it's called? mm mm-hmm. It was uh yeah i was registered to write in the battle and then when i saw my exam venue uh yan offer i was like ah, okay well this place should be like um yeah i think i can budget one hour from leaving my house there and then for some reason my friend was like maybe you should go we should just go check the venue you know get familiar with this place before the day before your exams begin and we like all right mm-hmm. so luckily we had extra cash on us and we, we got down to uh, um, I've forgotten what it's called after UI and we went down and then we took this. will take bus from there and then we took bus. Ah, What's this place now? We keep going and going. And going. <laughs> keep going and right, going. We'll, like, what is hey, this place? <laughs> we're we'll on the bus for a minute for a no. long now. Nah, still going and going, man. In and fact, then, that was
1: that was another aspect oof. of my childhood: the night buses, the luxury buses, Chisco, ABC, Akennedy, Chuku, and all mm-hmm. those things like. That was another aspect. Like, my brother and I were entering those buses at like 11, 12 by ourselves. Wow. Like Lagos, Abuja. Our mom would just put us in, like, Abuja, whatever. Then our dad would pick us up from in Lagos. But the whole trip, like, Lokoja and everything, like, mm-hmm. it would just be us. So th- that was also like a the trip. Young, the young like, shall grow. The young shall grow, man. We're so young. Uh, like, we I, get I to never, Lokoja. I, never like, took,
0: I don't think I like ever that, entered so. those ninth buses. that was I had too many robbery stories. <laughs> Oh so yeah, there was that. Took the night buses. <laughs> oh, there was I, that, and I, then I, you know, I travel first traders, thing there were no
1: transfers you, you couldn't like transfer money. So, Ibo traders, you see yeah. them like counting must go of cash. yes like that, that's, of cash that was the reason why they, 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 they with them the buses to go with buy goods attack, and everything. Yeah. So,
0: like, yeah, that was crazy as well. So, just different uh, aspects
1: man. of of growing up.
0: Yep, ah, and in those days, <laughs> ah, man. Yep, I was like, I'm not doing this night bus thing. I would rather leave first thing in the morning, 5 or 6 right. a.m. If I right. haven't been in Lagos, I can get to Lagos. Or if I'm leaving from port i still do it and get to Lagos. I just, I timed it and I, I made it, but leave overnight, ah, I was like, nah, man, right. I'm not risking it. Yeah. And, yeah, I
1: mean, at one, at one point, we stopped using night. Sometimes we just start using the day. But night was a fantastic idea, if you think of it. If not mm-hmm, for, like, yeah. the kidnapping and robber. Because you, you just they're sleep. Great bus. Or, they're the best, actually. And, and it used to be the most fun. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of people would be, like, joking, playing, sharing oranges and puff puff or whatever. Like, in the, like there's this whole so community that's different from a day bus, like in a night bus. If, if, even
0: day bus, you could find community. I think I've traveled on a bigger day bus Maybe I don't think up to five times in my life, but uh, um, there was still f- fun that we had on day buses. And I, was, I still remember one time uh, around when I was getting ready to uh, leave. In my last few years in Nigeria before I left, um, I was leaving for. I was heading to Lagos from Patakot with my my good boy. Um, his nickname was uh, Buster, but Jaboaster. Go we'll figure. But um, <laughs> so we took the front seat, and for some reason I don't even know how the quarrel started. And I think one lady, they, they were compl- one of the woman, one of the women behind us said we were too loud, and we were just joking with the driver. We always had jokes. we were young boys, and we had jokes with the driver. And then the woman behind us said we were loud, and you know we had the age where we could you can't talk. We could talk trash and potato boys mixed with bags. We bendel worry pigeon. Oh, we just let them bullets and everybody. And by the time the boss took a break, it was like the whole boss versus the two of us. <laughs> oh,
1: now na- 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 bullets, you call them, like arrow, you yap people.
0: they yap people, they go, they, they yap us, they yap, yap, yap. And then right, right, by the right. time we got to uh, uh, the, res- the, uh, the midway point for the break, you know, where we eat at the restaurant, you know, we came down. Uh, after we like okay, madam, why 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 are you divorced? Now why are you mad with us? You know, well let's buy we we'll buy we we'll buy, we'll buy, the, woman, we'll buy the, the gang leader we we'll, we'll buy her a cold drink. <laughs> 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 we we'll made friends with the woman. <laughs> like hey, you know, because we had been calling yeah. her. We told her she was ugly. We said all everything. We said everything. And then now nah, went up. I'm i I'm, I'm not taking like well, you need cold drink. Take a cold drink, you know. Right, yeah, right. And then, and then we'll be ch- the woman. And then before he knew it, well we got on the bus. Somebody wanted to try and attack. She was like, oh, it's okay. They're nice people. This, and this, nice this, people.
1: everything changed." You got But if you think about <sighs> it, like, back then, like, it was so easy to make friends in Nigeria. You can be in a place you have never been before. Oh, yeah. You just appear in a bus park or a motor park, and you can just meet someone that, oh, you know, I'm from Lagos, this is my first time in Calabar or whatever. Mm. And they allow you to sleep over in their house, you know, direct to you wherever in the morning give you some money direct you, and you guys will just become friends like a lot of stories like that but in today's nigeria like uh, you know mm-hmm. it's it's difficult to trust your neighbor like the, I mean, the government I mean, has sown so much seeds of disunity that it's,
0: it's not tough, the man. same it's tough it's i, I the can't the really same, play with people but it's tough because i i i don't think i will just be willing to open myself like that but i, I remember my, my brother bringing people home like that on some days and because uh, my brother was much older than I, I was, and it was later I got to find out. Oh, he just met this person who was traveling, but it was a time. person. He didn't feel like continuing his journey. His uh, journey to whatever the person was going to. And I was like, yeah, I, I just please uh, somehow somehow they ran into each other, and I needed. Can, can I? I just need somewhere to crash. I'm like, Okay, come crash. Oh, please sleep on the couch, and they get yeah, the couch. It and was normal. Food, and we didn't really have anything, but we just share what we have, and. You know, the person is gone. And then the next day, it's like, oh, I you know that person? I think no know him. Oh, I don't know him. I just, yeah, I just, I just met him. Uh, yeah. yeah. What if he's so on the TV? What if he's ah, on But the TV is still here, right? The TV is there. Also. Right, right. <laughs> so, and some of
1: those people become lifelong friends. Yeah. Like I have uncles who will tell me that, oh, this is how their first time in Kaduna in 1968. This is how they met that person. And 40 years later, like, mm-hmm. those
0: guys are still in My in My my good friend's so. name, that's how, uh, that, that's how my good friend was named. His dad, um, the man he sat, his dad sat next to on a flight. The man forgot his briefcase next to him. Was a Spanish man, actually. And the the guy went on and the briefcase was full of dollars. You know, the old stories of people forgetting money. And he went, so he took the briefcase. uh, My friend's dad took the briefcase home and kept it and opened it and saw that uh, the guy's information was in there. So he wrote... The guys uh wrote to the guy like hey you know have your you know if you want to come collect your briefcase you know it's not like we- wow it was a letter
1: it wasn't even a phone call right anything yeah, this was
0: way back in the days way back way 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 back you know they right. they, they haven't dreamt about uh, gsm come gsm came to nigeria 1999 we had cell phones 1999. <laughs> right so it was, well, it was, it was
1: expensive in 99 though
0: yeah it was well, it was mad expensive because uh, i remember that, writing letters story. in boarding
1: school i started out boarding school in just mm-hmm. one writing letters but by the time I was in, like, SS2, I started making phone calls. So no, I, you were lucky. Like bo- yeah. Both sides
0: of the divide. Yeah, kind of I, I got in our secondary school already when um, we... I, when cell phones started popping up and I remember how... Like, hey, let me make you. Hey, who, who are you calling? What you... Tell them to call you back. <laughs> one minute. i give you one minute on my cell phone. One minute. Like, Hello? If you go
1: for two seconds, I'm telling you, hey, you, hey,
0: my guy, my guy, call me back. Eh? Call me back. Come back on this number. My, my team number. This is my team number. Come, me, come me, call me. back. Call me back. One, one minute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, they even call now. Flash or they flash? Flash. <laughs> right? so if, if they give you one minute. If they don't give you one minute, then you flash. That, that's how the flashing, that's how flashing was right. born. Like, beep 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 And then when I got my first cell phone, was, uh, my first official cell phone was uh, 2000 and. Uh, three. Oh man, yep. Uh, I, I got another phone in my life. Was, was it
1: was it to write a triumph or uh, a- it was uh, Sonia Rixon?
0: Oh, you were a big boy, Sonia Rixon. In 2000, <laughs> my, my aunt had used that Who? and then threw it away. That phone died like maybe six months later. I, I saw why she gave it to me. It wasn't like if the uh, was a cheaper one, of the cheapest Sonia Rixon. So I'd end up right. with Nokia uh, 3310 or 6610. That one has a weapon. That if anyone's trying to steal from me, if you hit the person with that Nokia, that person is knocked out. <laughs> that was a, that was a, that 3310, we call that the submarine. Oh, yeah, the, the submarine. Yeah. <laughs> well, a, a boy in my neighborhood had um two cell phones, uh, Nokia uh, 3310 and I've forgotten uh, I've the other phone. So he's the guy who, because he had two... Every time he's talking to you, you have, you have to see both cell phones at the same time in his hands. You can't just be like, hey, how are you doing? You got to see both cell phones. Like, I have two cell phones. <laughs> so one day. Um, well, it was a status symbol. Yeah, it was a big big time. Like, all the, all the celebrity magazines you saw, yeah. all, all the government officials had, like, three, four cell phones in their hands. Exactly. All the time. In fact, people will not put their cell phones in their pockets. No, so hell get, no. Like, the strap on their belts. yeah so You could would, see yeah, that you, you see them, it's just floating <laughs> in their hand. Like, man, you, you have cell phone aid carrying cell phones, running behind them. So th- this boy was walking through a path, one of the footpaths in, uh, we were at Elecoya Estate. And um, this was when the the, the the petty robberies started increasing uh, just before the kidnappings will, will, will take over. And so he, he sees a stranger coming and the guy's like, hey, uh, hi, I'm looking for this place. A young man, according to his description, said it was a young man. So he said, hi, I'm looking for a blah, blah, blah place. So he says, oh, okay, this guy is asking for a place. So let me flex as usual. So next thing, two cell phones were out in his hand. He didn't tell us, but we knew that part already. <laughs> so when he started talking and he said, I was trying to point to, uh, yeah, you go right and you make a left. I said, And he said as he was pointing, he felt something cold on his stomach. And he said, mm. he looked down. He was like, oh, it was shining. Yeah, so yeah. that he, he didn't confirm yeah, up, if it was a gun guy. or not. But <laughs> he just, he felt the cold thing on his stomach. And he was like, yeah. And the guy's like, I'll just help you with your cell phones, all right? While the mm-hmm. cold thing is still on his stomach, the other hand is collecting his cell phones. Okay, you have a nice evening. Bye-bye. And he just oh, and kept running. So I that's good. running. <laughs> he just kept running. And was shouting, teeth, teeth, teeth. So I went not to fire away. So we had someone screaming. And then we show up, like, hey, but what happened? hey. Yeah, they got my phone. How you get your phone? <laughs> they got my phone. How you get your phone? <laughs> oh, you brought your you, phone out, right? You, you brought your phone. You, you, had you, your show it, sure. you had two phones. <laughs> you can't help yourself, but break it out. Right, right. That
1: was but, a real thing back uh, then. think when I was in Uniband, like, they used to obtain people, what Oh, used yeah. you call it? Mm, like, yeah, you know, uh, obtaining. Obtaining. This is us uh, back then. You say, "Oh boy, I I returned the cell phone, give the real owner." You know, I mean, I just <laughs> <did>. <laughs> I was temporary <laughs> owner.
0: I, I gave it back to the real person who owned it. But now that word that brings back more memories because from you know, as I, I started secondary school in Benin, and that's how when the bullies came or you know the seniors came. It's obtained, though. That's what we call it. You know, they come to obtain you. That's how we started to obtain before the main yep. criminals took over. But, you know, so they'll be like, Have you Have you been? They don't obtain you. Say, I know I never obtained you. Like, if, if I see any senior, they <laughs> come. I run the opposite direc- direction until <laughs> one day they finally caught me. I was escaping for my first three years. They couldn't get me. Then one day, we right. Were,
1: I you survived a, three years. I survived in, three years. Didn't get caught.
0: Was it, was it, was it Borges? Which one was it? No, I was, I was a day student. What of it? Fit. What of it? What of? Oh, yeah. That okay. was <laughs> So one day uh, we didn't pay school fees and they, they kicked us out. So we're out on the street. Instead of going home, we're out on the street being you know, as, as usual and I'm being tough guys. Then some seniors rounded up. Like, oh, you guys don't want to go home. All right, all right. Come. Come, come, come. come. You know this song? Is that singing one song? So we started looking at the guy. I say, said, well, why are you allow me to sing? You have to sing after me. So when you sing, you clap. So we started singing, doing what he's doing, clap, sing, clap, sing, clap. So when he finished singing, he like, why am I the only one singing and clapping? You think you won't reward me for singing and clapping? Like, well, like, why are we rewarding you? It's a terrible song. Huh? <laughs> eh? Are you insulting me? No. No, senior. No, senior. Okay. So now when I'm singing and I'm clapping and you are clapping, then you have to reward me. So, all right. So he starts putting his hand out, like, put something in my hand. I'm like, oh, snap. This is, this is obtaining. <laughs> okay. well, that, that, seems so, that, that seems mild. That, that, student, that is like, uh, you. You, they, they do it two ways. That's the good cop, there's the bad cop in the corner wow. watching you because it's oh, how you man. respond to the good cop that will determine how the bad cop attack. So if the, the ones who paid immediately, who dropped the money when his hand was out, they're like, hey, reward me. Then you go, you, 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 okay, you go, you go to one corner. The ones who didn't reward then the bad cop steps in, like, oh, oh no. you don't want to reward him. Guess what? I'm not doing singing. <laughs> <Right>. Frog jump. <laughs> You're like, oh, right. oh, right. okay, I'll pay. I'll pay. I'll pay. <laughs> <coughs> oh no, you, you yeah. didn't want to pay. That oh I'll pay. You, you, now you've been obtained hardcore. You're like, oh man, draft, right. we should have run the other way. I was like, dang, next time. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> man, as a boarding mm. student, like we didn't even have good cops for the most part. They were bad cops. Like those guys were revered. They'll be like. Mm-hmm. My, my, my like, they'll call people by their last names. They'll be like, Are they by your bring your mama left breast here? Come here. Oh, <laughs> like, man. <laughs> so like, there, were, there were instances where parents would come. There was an instance where a parent came mm-hmm. and she was waiting for like two hours. Like, Where is my child? She had sent like four people to the hostels, called this person. They had called this guy couldn't come because a senior was punishing him or something. And the woman was furious, like when the boy finally came. I'm ah! your mother, you have been waiting for her and say, Mommy, hmm, you can beat this senior, you can do everything, but see, eh, look, if for me, I still have to remain in this school where you live. <laughs> like they were more afraid of their senior ah! than their own father. Yeah, mother. So that's just to show how bad it was. It was... But fun times, yeah, when I think back at it, like others, yeah. it was part of this discipline
0: uh, and everything. So it was all okay. crazy. But anyway, we spent enough time in Nigeria. Let's. Uh... We are going to move now to United States. But before we do that, uh, we'll be right back after this quick break. Hi, everyone. Your host, Raphael Harry here. I can't believe we've gone past our one-year anniversary of doing White Label American. I've had the privilege of speaking with some amazing people, sharing their modern-day immigrant stories. And you've allowed this Nigerian immigrant to share parts of his immigrant journey through this podcast. Also, one of my goals of this podcast is breaking down artificial walls that keep people from getting to understand each other. Based on your wonderful feedback over the last year, I think we have done a decent job in breaking down some of those walls. We would like to continue and expand on this mission, but we need your help. I've had an amazing time creating and producing episodes for this show, largely on my own. We have a lot of ideas for new and exciting content to expand upon the mission, but we need direct support from you, our listener, which is why we have created a White Label American Patreon page where you can make a one-time donation or become a sustaining contributor where you can get access to exclusive content, help me interview upcoming guests by submitting questions and even have the chance to sit down with me for a one-on-one conversation either virtually or in studio. So if this podcast means something to you, and if you really love this show, think about becoming a sustaining contributor and donating by going to patreon.com slash white label American POD. Thanks for listening and for the privilege of your company. So welcome back. Thanks for joining us. So now we are stealing out of Nigeria and obtaining... To a new levels. <laughs> yeah, people going to know that uh, when, when, when most Bini people hear the word obtain, yeah, it means something different. <laughs> uh, so, um, when did you start deciding to move to United States and um, how did that come about?
1: oh man mm. he started with my brother like my brother we we call him moses because the guy left and i think it's just like two of us that left back that that, that left in nigeria because of him everybody moved mm. <laughs> like wow um As a I mean, we used to have this, yeah i mean we, we used to have this magazine um called play mode magazine we published like three issues back then in uniband it was like an entertainment magazine we had like two face on one of the covers and we tried to organize small shows here and there so um when we finished from uniband we moved to lagos full time and said okay you know wanted to enter the entertainment industry like you know a record label we had like an artist we're promoting so that's what we wanted to do and you know we we used to live with um an uncle of ours. Uh, he's late now, RIP Uncle Monday. And he just saw how enterprising we were. Cause we're like 18, 19, 20. And imagine floating the magazine, like dealing with publishers, you're fighting for newsstand space with like this day and the guardians yeah. and all these big people. And at 1819, we're like entering offices to look for advertisement. And I, they just saw these guys and I'm like, look, this guy's like nigeria doesn't deserve you like nigeria will kill your dream i see how you guys are pushing this thing and he went to my brother because my brother was like the editor and chief of the magazine and it was one that started and he sat him down one evening and you know he told him his life story and that, told him that look he was a very brilliant chap uh went to engineering school i think he went to school in Ekpoma or something like he like made a first class one thing one thing but because you know, he came, uh, he didn't know anybody like this, how his life ended up in Nigeria 40 years later. it doesn't want the same for us. Mm. That look that if we continue like this, that, you know, Nigeria will probably kill our dreams. And we're very hard-headed. We're like, what do you mean? No, no, we'll be different. Like, in our four years of running this magazine, see where we are. Imagine if we continue this thing that we'll own the industry, like we'll have the biggest artists. The guy was just like trying to counsel us as an uncle. So he really just sat my brother down. Like one evening talked to him for like two hours my brother will never forget and told him that look like i'm telling you you're a young man like, i see what you have that like, if you have half the ginger you have in nigeria yeah. abroad that like, there's no limits mm-hmm. to where you go so that's why he told him that and eventually you know we're all living like you know it was after school now it was a boy's house it was like a two-bedroom house but we're like eight people in you know of course we just a hustle, you know with everything so my brother came my brother eventually came for his masters um in like 2014 or something like that, because school was like the easiest excuse to jack back, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. when he came, you know, he told us, he he was the one that made a lot of mistakes, because he was the first person that came, like when he came, like all the mistakes you could think of, like for a JJC coming from a foreign country, he made all those mistakes. So we always communicate and he'll tell us, and we were seeing how, you know, things were really like improving. In the first three months or four months, because of his experience with the magazine, he was able to like write for the school newspaper. And the way he was able to hustle his way into the school newspaper. They were like, "Look, they they have their staff is full and everything." But you know that Nigerian mentality of like, you know what? Put me on commission. Don't pay me anything. Yeah. And within like one week, he was able to get like advertising for like eight hundred dollars. He got like half of that. You know, wow. different things like. So I was just seeing how I was like, man, looks like our uncle really had some foresight. I was working in the Nigerian banking industry at the time, and. It wasn't just going anywhere. You know, if you are working in Nigerian banking, you know how it is. When you reach a certain level, you know, some people expect you to start kissing ass. People start to, um, we call it setting. They start to prey on you. So they, they send you to the to the bad branches or give, give you the mm-hmm. bad assignments and things like that. So I was like, look, maybe I should leave as well. And, you know, my brother left. So about two, three years later. I followed shoots, I left, moved to D.C. And out of all those eight boys that were in that two-bedroom apartment just hustling things, like, everyone is here now. I think one of us also came to Michigan, like, last year. So it's just, like, I think one more person who's left. So everybody, like, uh, and I'm really proud of, like, it's not like we're forgetting our, our, our roots or anything, but we're just trying to see how we can make lives better for our families and our future families. And, you know, when we stabilize and everything we will go back to Nigeria. So that's how I was. Um, I, I visited the U.S. I visited my brother in 2016 and I, I moved here for my master's in 2017. So I've been in the U.S. for you know about four years now, something like that.
0: All right. So you arrive in uh, Washington, D.C. What was that first experience like for you?
1: Right. I actually didn't arrive in DC. I arrived in JFK, New York, because that oh. was the cheapest That was the cheapest ticket I could find on nice. Ro- Royal Air, Morocco. I'll never forget Oh, you know, you flew- the, oh you're the first. That's the official carrier for Moroccan Airlines. So that was the cheapest ticket I could find. And my brother, he still lives in Chicago, but the ticket to Chicago was a lot more expensive. JFK was the cheapest. So okay. I flew to JFK. Then I pre-booked a Greyhound bus that would drive me from JFK to Chicago. Oh so man, was, this guy crazy. went. You
0: got you got a whole different American man, I experience. Told, like that that that. You got road trip. And all of us so far, Like that. Eight
1: of us would be that two-bedroom <laughs> house. Like. <laughs> like that was like the breeding ground because everyone is doing amazingly. Like, we're not where we are supposed to be, but I'm really proud of like where everyone is, yeah, right now because we're just different. Like, even when we had girlfriends, like I'll have a girl and you know, we'll bring her over, and you know, we'll just we'll play with her, just with her, you know, she'll just with the other people, We'd like no good day, we could define ourselves without shirts, you know <laughs> i know, But trust just me, the, the conversation we're talking about like European politics talking about, you know, um, uh, the, the coup d'etats in different countries, talking about Roman history, things like, like My babe, when I'm, I'm walking up back, and am like, damn, like, where do I not see this guy, people? Like, we're just different <laughs> from the average Nigeria. So even now, when you hear about me doing things like culture class podcasts or people getting their master's or their MBA or someone consulting for Disney or another person doing this, like, you could see it coming. Mm. You know, we're, we're just like a different breed. So I landed in JFK. I landed about 2 a.m. in the morning um so obviously i'm there like nigeria to the call, like nothing they happen like i survived lagos like why i am not go survive new york so I-, I wanted to go to port authority port authority which is i think where the greyhound buses are uh in new york so i was going to enter the train and I think according to Google Maps, it said I had to get off in Jamaica, Queens, then switch trains to the Red Line or something to go to Port Authority. So I was like, man, this is 2 a.m. in New York. Like, I don't, I go, you know, City I don't see that obtained in New York, too. I think I just asked around. <laughs> so I was asking around that, look, that this is what Google says I should do. But sometimes Google, those guys, they know as they, they be for streets, you know, even though I know be streets. But And the guy was like, eh, Jamaican Queens at 2 a.m. in the morning, like, no try, I Just gave me another direction that this would be a longer route, but just go further, you know, get to, like, Times Square or whatever, then walk up to the platform and walk back to Port Authority, that you have time anyway, since your bus doesn't leave till, like, 10 a.m. in the morning. So I got to Port Authority, like, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning. I had to wait till, like, 10 a.m. or 3 p.m. or something. I had to wait a few hours because I had booked my bus a lot of hours in advance just in case something yeah. happened with my flight, like got I gave myself a good like six hour gap. Yeah. Just but my flight didn't get delayed or anything. So I like had to like move around Port Authority to look for things to eat. I didn't really have money. I was still converting Naira to dollar in my head. <laughs> 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 Eventually ah. I got I got in the Greyhound bus. That was like a twenty-two hour trip from New York to Chicago, bro. Yeah. So that, uh, was That's, that's why it, um, it
0: feels like. I didn't have a phone or
1: anything. So I was just using my, like, the Wi Fi on the bus, you know, to try. And that was really my first foray into American culture. So I told you how I lived in different cities in Nigeria. Yes. Driving through different small towns in the US. Because here, even in the US, like, I have a lot of American friends, even though I've just been living in the US for four years, I've experienced America more than they have cuz they've just lived in like major cities like maybe they were born in New York yes. or grew up in Atlanta that's it but like i got to like go through like upstate new york go through all those small small towns like country hillbilly towns mm-hmm. with the Greyhound bus you know interact with people like on the bus as well so that was my first foray into america to to know that oh wow like there's one side of america like the pr side with hollywood and everything and there's another side of america like the real side you go through towns where the only attraction in the whole town was one movie theater Yeah, and they had one movie theater and they had a walmart that's it like there's nothing else like so like it was just interesting seeing that and that kind of like gave me a different perspective okay you know what like america isn't all glamorous and whatever and you know now that you're in this country you have to put your you know nose to the ground and grind it out so yeah, that's that's how's that my introduction. You know, got to my brother in Chicago. Eventually, took another Greyhound bus from Chicago to DC, uh, where I I lost some of my luggage. But yeah, oh, no. I went to school in DC, and yeah, that that's that was my 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 introduction into <laughs> the US. I probably have to do a documentary that, that, about that. that. that <laughs> the gre-
0: first- a Greyhound trip is you can do a documentary just on a Greyhound trip. 'Cause I, yeah, I did a greyhound trip from uh DC to Virginia Beach where I was uh my first duty station. And I think yeah, I I did a greyhound trip from uh yeah, from DC to Virginia Beach. My first uh, when I was going to my first duty station and then from Virginia Beach to DC and then back. And after that, I was like, I can't, I can't do this no more. I'm gonna buy a car. That was that, That's when I saw. Right, right. I'm not going. Right, that. know, and that's not that's within technically the same state. That's because that's, that's, that's DMV. Yeah, yeah that's Virginia. DMV area. Yeah. So imagine if I, I was like, nah, 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 I've I've not tried uh, yeah. from. Yeah, I've, 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 taken from to, uh, <laughs> I've taken bus from New York to. I've taken bus from New York to to Virginia Beach but uh it's um, the okay. magic bus those magic bus that's what they call them the magic bus is a lot faster All than right. Greyhound but uh magic
1: buses that's from like Chinatown
0: or something yeah there's Are uh, those there's, the Chinatown buses? there's some in Chinatown but there's one that's by Javits Center and uh that's the, the mm. one the one last one i took was at Javits Center but there's one the last one i put my friend on was in was closer to Chinatown yeah Right, right. So, I mean,
1: you you had to you had to realize like not growing up here, like the exchange rate at the time was almost like three hundred naira. So like, I just had to look for a way to hustle, my like, <laughs> way. It's not like it's not like I had anything, or my dad sent me, you yeah, know, ten thousand yeah. dollars or anything. Like, I just had to, you know, uh, how how eventually finish school, self my grace of God. But you know that hey, story. So, <laughs> so I, I was
0: I was going to ask about school. Um, you got right. You got to um have the unique experience of attending school both in nigeria and in united states so how does that um how did that experience work for you like the attending school in nigeria help your schooling in united states and also you know did did american schooling make life easier for you or was it that because you have you know because nigerian schooling on its own it's geared towards I feel like it's get towards pass, pass, get that grades, you know, yeah. and the experience is a whole lot different. But and I, I think I had that mentality when I went to school. So I didn't really get to enjoy school here because, um, yeah, it was just a whole different thing. But if I go back now, I'm probably going to enjoy school. But you got to see school on both sides. So what was it like for you? Right, right. And you know, for like I went
1: into detail uh, or some more detail in the story in our in the Africa Lipso podcast. Oh I yes, that was a great on uh, uh, podcast
0: too, to check out yeah. So I,
1: I had like podcast. a university podcast. a university episode with them. So uh if you guys want to check that out. But um like you said, you know, uh, the perspective of going to Uniben, uh living in Nossa and coming here to Washington, DC, um Nigeria <laughs> is primed to prep you for hardship that's unnecessary yeah <laughs> so coming to that, the u.s
0: i think that that uh, is just the answer right there <laughs> it's i mean during exams
1: when i was in unibrand, there, there are times we had to read with candlelight like we had exams the following day but because there was no electricity we had to like have like candlelight, and that's how we read our books yeah. but obviously like we didn't have any issues like that me schooling in dc so um i guess yeah i mean you know going through all that in nigeria it was kind of like It was a piece of cake. It should have been a piece of cake school in the US if like, and this is me being candid, like all my finances were like set in place and all I had to do was to focus on school. Mm. But because I still had to like hustle on the side and do whatever, like there was a little bit of distraction. Like when I came to school, I was like, look, I'm not here to carry fest, you know. Uh, Eventually I did okay. I think I graduated with like a 3.3 GPA over four, which is kind of average. I, I think a lot of people in my class were like graduating with like 3.9, you know, every time. like, look, <laughs> I'm not yet to carry it first, though, like, even if, if, if you get 4.0, like, that doesn't guarantee you a job. My own is like, okay, you know, how do I make sure, like, I'm, you know, doing a job or doing other things on the side that can, you know, provide some money for myself, maybe send some money back home, at the same time, not let my GPA suffer too much. Like, if I had concentrated 100% in school, I'd probably be, you know, hit uh, an easy four But because every time after classes, I had to go from classes to job, yeah. and then from job to go record the podcast. Because I started the podcast in school, and all those other things. And you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't easy to like maintain that GPA. But to answer your question, um you know, there's a difference, a wide difference in school doing the MBA here. Like a lot of things were not were just you know, like piece of cake. Like I said, uh, it, it wasn't academically, I think in the U.S., U.S. is kind of like as their yeah, education is more like a skill-based system. It's like, what can you do? So even my first foray into like organizing my resume, like when I came here and everything, it was like a heavy emphasis on skill. Okay. Even if you worked in somewhere, somewhere in the past, what did you do there? What skills did you gain from there? And how yeah. did you use those skills to, you know, um, to achieve a certain objective. So you have to quantify it. So I, I grew sales by 40%. Mm-hmm. I reduced, uh, uh, I don't know, staff turnover by 15%. You always have to do that. But but yeah, schooling in D.C. was interesting for me. Um, I was supposed to go to school in Buffalo, actually, the University of Buffalo. But um, I'd already paid the deposit, the $500 deposit and everything. But when I went to Buffalo, I saw it as a very small town. And you know, like I said, my, my brother made some mistakes. Uh, he went to school in Chicago, so he didn't make that mistake. I always heard about these these people who went to school in the U.S., but they didn't really get to experience U.S. because they were in like the outskirts of Ohio somewhere. So that wasn't really like a metropolis. So when I went to Buffalo, I was like, look, like this school might be cheaper and everything. The school in D.C. might be more expensive, and I don't have the money for that but there are more opportunities in dc like buffalo was just a very small town in upstate new york yeah. like where am i going to get internships where am i going to interact with people but going to dc well the embassies where uh, you know an international city dc is there virginia is there everything I'm like man i think it'll favor my hustle to move to dc instead so that's why i eventually you know settled on dc and had to forfeit the like five hundred dollar deposit, even though my brother was mad at the like, said, "Why are you money like this?" But I'm like, "No, trust me. Like, I'm thinking about the future. That I just yeah, have you, to."
0: You, you, you. you I, I think that it's way. important that you you say that because I, I that that's one of the things that uh, I don't think it's common for us to, coming from our background, to make those kind of thoughts, to make those connections. It's like once you've made the deposits, stay there, manage, manage, and manage them. See, see, it's true. Yeah, All you've right. already started, so you know. I, I'm like, no, you, you are allowed to change your mind. Nigerians well, right? like to
1: Nigerians man- and love to manage. That's why they always settle for less. Yeah,
0: it's like they, <sighs> there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, I've made an yeah, I've put money down and I've made an investment, but it's not the right investment, and it, 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 it's a bad. It can, it can be a what's it called bad debt or loss. And yeah, you just write it off. Write it yeah. off. Move on and go. You're still investing in yourself, so you're taking a. It's right, it's better to take a gamble on yourself than take a gamble on someone else. So facts. Why facts, not do that? Yeah. And the facts. message is always no, stay on this lane and be meek right. and humble and right, die there. Right. And, and I'm like, aye. Yeah. And it's
1: even worse when you're comfortable. Like people just look at you like you're mad. Like mm-hmm. I had a very comfortable banking job, you know, before I left Nigeria. I think my my salary I don't know if I can say my salary, but it was a very comfortable oh, salary. <laughs> and my is probably not the,
0: it's no longer the same because of right, inflation right. and all that too
1: so. probably less and my my salary before i left was like 380 like naira which mm-hmm. was crazy like i earned more than any of my parents had ever earned like 380 for like a 26 year old back then uh but i still lived like the humble life because i knew i was saving towards like Buy my plane ticket and like going abroad and doing all this while all my my fellow bankers were like buying cars and going to Unilag like, every day to pick up girls and stuff. Like I'll go with them. Like I'll never be the one to buy beer. Don't be the one to buy beer from me. No if, Allah. If,
0: but, that, that's a smart way to yeah, do it.
1: Yeah, but when I left my banking job, people thought I was mad. They were like, "Why would you leave this like very comfortable job and just to go?" To a, a foreign land where you don't even have all your finances together, and you don't know what the future is. But I just had to, like I said, my uncle has sat us down to like tell us what 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 the P was. Like I'd seen my brother, and I just had to think about the future, like where Nigeria was going. I was like, look, like even though things are good now, like you just have to take that risk. You can't just be comfortable in one place. You mm-hmm. just there always has to be an advancement. You have to move forward. You have to move forward. So,
0: and shout out to that uncle of yours because. In my experience, it, it's rare to see that kind of thing. You know, most people, it, oh, like yeah. you said, once they see you comfortable, they, they're like, well, "Why? wait till they find again? Why? Right, why, right. why? 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 What do you need over there? You know, oh, man. it's like and was- just enjoy it. What you? you, you can't right. because uh, and and the crazy thing is that it's it's not just limited to when you're you're in Nigeria. Even here, because I know people have someone now. She's with Goldman Sachs, but before she married to Goldman Sachs. She had to, um, you know, she had a, a good job at um one of the mobile phone carriers, and she was doing well. Made it up to manager level, and you know, by Nigerian standard, ah, manager, hey, you know, you don't. But that was not what she wanted. That was never mm-hmm. her plan. That was not her goal. Her goal was mm-hmm. to go to um uh, one of the the big schools in her state. And get a masters in um, studying law, or government policy. I've got in. What she got a masters in? I'm butchering right. it now. But she had a goal, and it involved getting into a, a, one of the big financial firms and making partnership. And most people couldn't, you know, when she decided to share you it, they are like, uh, right. but you are doing well. You 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 right. bought a house. You are this. Right. And yeah. she's like, that's not what I want. That exactly. is what you want. That's what you want. Your, your goal of satisfaction, your, your vision of satisfaction, that, that, that is it. But it's not my vision. So right. I, and I think a lot of us fall into that because we, the whole community start throwing it in our face like you should be satisfied or you should be, right. uh, you should manage, go and make starving children. Go and your mate is this, your mate is that, and they, what, what are you still right. looking for? So she went and chased that dreams and then, she, she, little by little and then now that she's at where she, hey everybody want to come be like hey we, we are here with you we say look <laughs> at nigerians are in this place but like um when they were making the moves Make suffering the, you, you you weren't there for them that's another although
1: place. although we don't have to blame them too much because sometimes you can't see be it's difficult to see beyond your environment true like why why did i think that as an international student like i had the audacity to, to start a podcast and walk into like the the confidence i've i've gained over the years has been birthed from the environment so like i said even before we started the magazine in uniben we i used to be part of a teenage magazine in abuja called whatsapp magazine oh and we're, you was really whatsapp yeah, like, oh. no, like, What's Then up, Oh, What's Up. Not, okay. not, not WhatsApp, the app, like, What's Up. Okay, yeah. So we appeared on NTA Abuja back then. And I can remember when I was in the studio, I was, like, 16 at the time. I was like, wait, so all this, and, and there was a popular newscaster called Fumi Wakama. She used to read the evening news, and she was there, and, you know, she helped us out, and I think someone directed the thing and everything. I was like, so, wait, this is the TV thing. When I saw that, I was like, This is nothing. So I think you first (laughs) have to experience certain things to know that it's possible. Even when I was in D.C., like when I was when I was in D.C. and I went to the White House, I was like, "Wait, so this is not the house where everybody just (laughs) say this thing we go enter and no." So like you first have to like see. And when you're growing up, and people around you, like maybe you're not growing up, especially in the black community, you know, it's not easy. Black excellence is not a popular thing you know, due to systemic racism and all this. And so we don't grow up seeing the only people we, we have to aspire to, maybe athletes or, you know, entertainers or things like that. We don't grow up seeing, uh, you know, um, Touching, so it's difficult to have a frame of mind that something is possible. But because of all the things I did when I was younger, you know, being part of magazines, traveling, seeing people from different that gave us, like the eight of us in that small space, a different perspective, and that's why we're always like our head of the craft. So when I see people saying, "Oh, just settle for this," sometimes you know, don't bother arguing because you just like say like even me, as it, I am it, now. It's, like,
0: not, it's not a matter of arguing. But I, I right. said it's, it's 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 true. Everything you said is true, um. But it still boils down to colonialism for us because if you look at it, when did we when did Nigeria gain independence? When a whole bunch of other countries gain independence? Uh, right. But what is our educational structure? What is the language that was used? What did, what did they, what did they start wearing you with from childhood? Except if you got good private education or you got uh, federal education when it was much stronger, the wiring is already in, built in there for you to be this way, be on this straight line, straight into the factory, right. and don't right. deviate from it. And the moment you start having cracks, like wait, why, why is, why am I like this? Why is it like this? Then they start saying you are crazy. They automatically mm-hmm. because. You're, not supposed, you're supposed to be like all the ants on the straight line. Yep. But you're it's a system like that else. is created directly from colonialism and we still implement it in our educational system. So now I'll give you right. one example. I stayed in Benin. I schooled in Benin City for almost eight years from primary schooling to um, junior secondary. And I was not aware of how historic Benin City is in the world. Benin City is one of the most ancient kingdoms in the world. That is black excellence. Yep. If you want to talk about black excellence, but I was living in black mm-hmm. excellence. I walked to the upper uh, every time I used to go to Saint yeah. Paul's Church, which is not far from the Upper Palace. Oh so yeah, I used to walk yeah. to Ring Road to go take uh, uh, taxis home. So I walked is that past in up, up, just it's after Usulu somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the Ring Road roundabout. Ran, uh, ran so I mean
1: Saint Paul itself. That's like in Usulu area. Oh think, no, no, two, that's
0: that's the smaller Saint Paul. The bigger Saint Paul Cathedral, oh, uh, okay. at, at Airport Road. So that is, uh, it's really, it's, you can walk from there. It's like 15 minutes walk to Oba Palace. Oba Palace is, it should be drawing tourist attraction the same way Buckingham Palace draws. If mm-hmm. the history and the packaging and everything is done right.
1: Oba right. should I not
0: mean, be bowing down to Prince Charles. Prince Charles should be, he he, he, he Prince Charles is below Oba of Benin. Right, You know, right. When I he mean, took the part please, Rose-
1: the Portuguese wrote about the Benin Kingdom in the
0: 14th century. So, like they, they didn't see, they, they hadn't seen anything like it. Exactly. So, now, you know. but when you, someone, a kid grows up there, spends eight years of his life there, does not realize that the wall around Benin, the ancient wall around Benin City is the third longest wall around a city, ancient wall around a city in the world, and then has left the city. And then he's reading some old Guinness Book of Records and then sees that, like, wait, wait, what? You mean that wall that people are throwing trash on right. is... You, you mean the moats? The moats, yeah, it's considered a wall. Right. It's uh, the third longest um, wall, ancient wall in the world. After the Chinese, uh, the Great Wall of China, uh, I think the Adrian Wall in um UK, and then Wall of Benin Tracks. was uh, number number three. Tracks. And I'm reading that, I'm yeah. like, wait, it, 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 you could you become confused, like, I, le- I saw this, but there was no respect for it. So what else did I not know? And then you start seeing that there's so a much th- history that, you know, we weren't thought of. But, you, you then, but why would you not buy this message of civilization was brought to you from uh, a bunch of people who didn't know where your continent was. And then one guy came mm-hmm. and discovered uh, River Ninja for you. <laughs> discovered so, a, re- a river that people were already yeah, using. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know, right? So all these things, it starts with... The way we've been programmed for a long time and now a bunch of us are fighting against the program that's what that's where the 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 that's the closer. that's where the argument is now because once you've gained this awareness be you in nigeria or be you in africa or, or in diaspora it's that's what you are going against because everyone else is still on that programming. Even people who are saying uh, "fuck the colonial masters," they, a lot of them are still on that programming in you know, other things. Facts. They are still Facts. swear loyalty to that program because as they them, like, "Oh, I'm, I'm crying for the queen or king of uh, prince of Ingl- England." Why are you crying? Your your king dies in Nigeria. Don't consign me a bag. <laughs> yeah i mean they don't it's know a about our history so but we've had it we've always had the black excellence the the uh what they call that area of benin that has uh, all the the mold the metal uh the nor- oh, the bronze the, the bronze uh, the bronze casters yeah that so, is i think that's that, a unesco
1: heritage that is well. way
0: over that that alone could have been like five chapters of our textbooks Facts. and all the black excellence we could have just, you know, the pride we would have had. But I, I grew up in being there. And we we're like, I don't want to go do that kind of walk. Hell no. I don't want to do that. That right. dirty walk. I want to do that. That's right, that's the right. talent <laughs> that I came out with that. Like, that dirty walk. That's right. like I mean, if if I had no option in life, then I'll go end up there. Right. They look down on you exactly know, people, people who do that. And then, I mean, well, I mean, some, I mean uh, some white guy will come from Europe like, wow, this is great art. Give it to me. Right. How much I pay? I'll go put in my museum or I'll put in my, my, my 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 uh with my gallery and sell right. it for like $10,000. I mean,
1: well, well, I mean, we're trying to win in a system that wasn't built for us. But, but you yeah. know, like I said, it's it's a responsibility of some of us, you know, people like you and I who, are, who have seen the other side of things. That's why I'm so involved in my high school right now, because nice. I'm, I'm so involved with my high school alumni, because I'm like, look, if someone could have impacted me in certain ways while I was a teenager, even though I kind of like did okay for myself, but I probably would have been on like Zuckerberg level right now, like if, i like probably, you know, grown up a certain way and had access to maybe certain people uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, had the right information. Like, you no, know, it's still, we're still going. Like, it's still a journey, but man,
0: like. It is. We, it, it is, is a journey. Up. That's, that, yeah, right. It is a journey. And we need more interactions like this to keep showing that it's not a, it's not one way track to, it's not a one way track to making it there are different Hacks. ways and um it should be open to our younger ones It should be open to our older ones because yeah you can also make it at old age it's not just you know and and that that that's why it's like oh we need to um, uh, what they call it um civil service so everybody need to dine there I don't need to get out of civil service like everything is they need a rebranding need to re- reshuffle change everything but
1: and, and it's not even just about making it with money. Like yeah, it's no. also important to pass
0: information because, exactly. like I said, my
1: brother—we call him Moses. Like all the mistakes he made when I, he, came I, I love he that. downloaded I, everything. I love that you, guy because that's, that's you a great here, mentality. You have to start building your credit, like that's didn't a great mentality. Place, like, three to, years to, into to, to,
0: to So
1: just imagine if we're feeding our our community, like the black community, or like our lineage or our generation, like this mm-hmm. information.
0: Imagine what is going to happen in like two, three generations. You know from now it's yeah. going to be different because information so, is power you know it is and you know like for me i have this mentality of i can we all can win it's not just about me that's why you know the moment i found your podcast first thing i did was to go give it five stars and
1: appreciate shared, it
0: shared it on my platform and say hey you know everyone check it out you know it's I know people who see something like that and say, Oh, this is competition. This is in my it's <laughs> fellow. Uh, so I'm, I'm like, no, we all can win. It's not because right. other people were nice to me, other people were good to me, even people I don't agree with were still Fact. good to me. And I'm like, yeah, if I'm not still gonna fuck with you, but fine. But I got information and I passed it on. I give it on and people give me and I get it and I just you don't you don't hold on to it. And I do that for my younger ones, I try to, they don't really take it, but that's fine. But (laughs) if you keep telling people, like, look, look at the mistakes I made, you know, like when someone, a bunch of people have met me, have asked me before, like, Oh, I want to join the military. I heard you in the military. I want to join, I say, okay, you don't have to join the Navy because I joined the Navy, but I will recommend Navy uh, or air force because that's my preference. But if you don't, if you want to join other branches, here is what you need to know. And I give you as much information because I didn't have anything. I was just told you, oh, do this job. It's this a job for you. And mm-hmm. I just went and I made so many mistakes. There's so many decisions. I was just all over the place, finding out by you know experience and all that. But you get the opportunity that I did not get because I don't want you to fail. I don't want you to go through that painful experience because it's painful. When you go, you spend a year or two, and then you say, oh, I could have done this from day one. Man, mm-hmm. that's time wasted. I don't want yeah. to go through that. So I've made that mistake, I've, I've done it, I'm the guinea pig, here you go, you go ahead. And if you if I see you winning, I see you succeeding, I'm happy. And I, exactly. I, that, that is the mentality that um, a whole, some people, not uh, all of us have, but some people tend to be like, oh, because if I share this information, then that person will do better than me then i'll feel you know if you if you're feeling bad because someone you gave information to is doing better than you then you, there's something within you you need to check there's something you need change, to change yeah. yeah i
1: mean a lot of nigerians are just competitive unnecessary, and a lot of black people like it doesn't make sense like i said we used to run an entertainment magazine and mm-hmm. sometimes when a new song will come out like i don't know like to maya one of those guys or 2 Facebook release a song or MI, i would ask our, our peers in the entertainment industry oh can you Send us uh, this song so we can publish on our website or write about it, and they'll be like, "No, no, no! It's exclusive to <laughs> our, our platform." I was like, "This song uh, has been published for a month. Like, what yeah. do you mean it's exclusive to your
0: <laughs> platform?" You know,
1: but yeah. it's just that that spirit of competition. You know, uh, when I left American University, like there was a Nigerian who was. Joining uh, the MBA program as well, just as I was leaving, and I made it a point of color. Like this dude, like I'm gonna tell you everything. Like nice. <laughs> this same school I went to, like. I have to tell you exactly what professors mm-hmm. like, what 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 you know exams might be like, like what what areas and everything. It's the same exact program I went through. So, and the dude hadn't seen a Nigerian like that. I was like, wow, that even coming here, a lot of people in his helpful. family didn't help him yeah. this way. That me, I don't know him from anywhere. I'm just like downloading all the information. I'm like, yeah, because when you win, I win. That is you it. Know? That a predom- is it. it's a predominantly white institution anyway so like if a couple of nigerians can come out of this and we meet in an alumni an american university alumni gathering a few years from now all doing well it's a plus to the community
0: yeah you know so i have to ask the uh you said one of one more person is coming out of the eight of you um mm-hmm. i have someone who's has a similar background to yours coming also but i have a feeling i don't know if I kind of I have a feeling like he might be. I don't I don't want to guess if he's that eighth person, but obviously he might be. I don't know because it might be a small world. But just out of curiosity, where is this eighth person going to? Where? Yeah.
1: Um, I mean
0: what you mean where? Like
1: what city? Yeah, what city? I'm trying to see we, if he's my person. We we don't even know, to be Not honest. yet? Because okay. the dude is is he's making money in Nigeria because he is in Nigeria, but he's working for a lot of international companies. So he's oh, okay. no, that's, uh, My my person,
0: <laughs> my person, is a banker. My person is right. he, he, so he's he, he was like you, but he's like a big banker, right? I was saying, let me just now say big banker, but he's doing well in the in the in the, in the, in the bank in banking, and right. he he'll, he'll be coming to a Southern uh, state soon. Yeah, he already got visa and all that. And he told me, right. I was like, oh. "Oh man, you coming? Wow! No, like wow, surprise." So, but yeah, it's kind of similar to also Bini guy. So right. I say right. When he, and when he I arrives. say eight
1: people, I, and when I say eight people, I just mean the people who were living together in that small two-bedroom. Like I yeah, still I have understand. a lot of other friends, obviously yeah. that's still back home. But I'm just talking about people who we wake up in the morning and we just start talking about <laughs> things that.
0: You know, 20 year olds don't typically talk about, so it was just. just Trust me. Fun times. The last place I lived in in Port at Ajib Estate, we were about, how many were we? Uh, Let me see. Jabosta, Ibiki, Sonny, myself, um, Daddy. I think we were about eight also, eight boys. It was three bedrooms. And um, we had the, the main guy whose uncle, his uncle was blind. So his uncle had one bedroom to himself. So he was supposed to be the caretaker, and then the rest of us just moved. In. <laughs> <laughs> fun times, right? Uh, fun times, fun times, fun times when the boys. Well, I don't
1: know the they do not babes yet because that was always
0: a bone of contention.
1: Everyone uh, always wanted to book one room because once yeah, the day room, you yeah, know, only one you room. had air room. conditioning, so now you get the room without. Yeah,
0: so <laughs> one room had air conditioning, so that's the room where if you if you had your your significant other coming over, you you. You, you let everybody, you, you, there was one person who always did that thing of not letting people know, which was very, which was always an annoyance. Oh, of an course, audience. there's always,
1: there are always people but there, like, call that guest.
0: Yeah, but like <laughs> me, I, I'll give you like a full day in advance, notice like, hey, I'm expecting a guest tonight. So, you know, that room is out of bounds. So the guest room is out of bounds, you know, and everybody, you see guys disappear. Like, okay, I won't, st- I won't stay at home or I'll disappear I'll go somewhere right. and all that. But, right, yeah, right, right. it's always annoying when you come home last minute and someone's like, Hey, I got my girl. You just
1: ah, I got you for tell me now. <laughs>
0: ah, now ah, everybody has to go crowd in the other room or we'll crowd in the living room. But we had extra right. mattresses for, for those two, <laughs> Most so, definitely. yeah. It was good times, though. Good times. So, um, you have an amazing podcast, Culture Class Podcast. Um, uh, if anyone hasn't checked it out, please do and also give it five star ratings and a positive review. And um, you've already said you started the podcast while you were in university. um. And I, so it's going to be two questions. You, you started the podcast, and this podcast has moved with you, and you're no, lo- you're no longer in D- Washington, D.C., right? No, I'm in Colorado right you're now. in Colorado. So that's a totally different area entirely, and I've, I've heard that um, if you drink, uh, if, you, if you can handle your booze in Colorado, that when you come All down, right. it's like... can handle booze anyway so right 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 um how was it um has it been moving your podcast from dc to colorado and um how's the podcasting experience been like for you
1: i mean the podcasting experience has been interesting uh for me like i said um so the premise of my podcast is to interact with people from different backgrounds uh just based off how i grew up so I've spoken to people from over, I think, fifty countries now. Everyone from Pakistan to Saudi Arabia to Kenya and all these different countries, and even Nigerians and things. So I just, you know, you know, tell me, you know, how how was it like growing up for you? I'm just generally curious. Um, so it's more like a nerdy educational podcast. It was a lot easier when i was in dc because dc is a very international city and it's easy for you to run into someone from beirut or whatever at a bar i ran into a a girl from the u.s virgin islands and the next day we're on a podcast episode together like you know but you know we remotely it's, it's not as difficult as well you know with the covid thing i had to like switch to remote so now i'm interviewing people from australia and everything um as far as moving i mean there it's not It's not like I have a whole setup. It's just like a microphone on my laptop. So, uh, I mean, when I was in Sydney, Australia, I did a podcast episode there. When I was in Vegas, I did a podcast episode there. Like, whenever I'm traveling, I travel with my kit just in case I I meet someone interesting. We just set up in my hotel room and and we do the thing. Um, Honestly, like, it it might have benefited me a, a lot more to be, like, in... They call it like the banter space where you just come and you talk about, oh, Kanye West divorced Kim Kardashian last week or Nicki Minaj oh, has it. A- yeah, yeah, You know, but I'm doing the podcast because I want to document some of my thoughts. You know, we, we talked about passing information to the next generation. So I, I want to document some of my thoughts. I want to um, interact with people and hopefully get other people to learn about other cultures and how people do Uh, things in other parts of the world to make people realize that, look, everyone is still part of the same race at the end of the day, the human race, all these divisions that we have, uh, whether that's classism, colorism, racism, and all the isms, like it's just more or less like a man-made thing. So uh, it's more like an intellectual nerdy thing on my part. Um, So yeah, moving into Colorado was just me (laughs) upping and going, um, thanking God that I don't have classes anymore uh so i i can be a little more focused on the podcast but you know with work and life like it's still back to square one i have to look for how to to juggle it and yeah we're proud to have put out like more than 100 episodes now and i started the podcast december 1st 2018 and i've been publishing every single week without a break for over two years so i'm proud of that so far congrats appreciate it
0: so um you're in colorado you left dc you've been to a few places when it comes to food where's your heart belong to
1: with food um i don't know food for me is just like music like i'm not picky anywhere i'm not picky with music as well it's like if it's good music i'm down if it's good food I'm down. So obviously being here, I got to experience. Uh, we have a, a sizable East African, like when I say sizable, like compared to other African countries, like Ethiopian, like the Habisha mm-hmm. part of Africa, so Ethiopia, Eritrea. So um, they have pretty tasty meals over there. Obviously, you know, Nigerian jollof is always <laughs> <laughs> up there and everything. Um, Lebanese food is, is, always, is always cool, fire. Uh, um, so have you had the original uh, shawarma? I have, I I did in Dubai. It was it was it was so you, great.
0: You, you still swear no, by I, Nigerian actually, No, actually, no. Uh,
1: actually, let's let's rewind. The best shawarma I've, I've actually ever had is in Abuja, but okay. it was owned by Lebanese people. I think king's Shawarma. I think that's somewhere in so my time. So you're still going by to. Nigerian
0: shawarma? That's Nigerian shawarma.
1: No, 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 no. It was it was owned by Lebanese people. I think it was. But yeah, there's King Lebanese shawarma. Nigerians.
0: So are did Lebanese yeah, no, or Lebanese it, Nigerians? The
1: original that was better than the shawarma I had in dc i'm better than the shawarma i had in dubai well in dubai so, if it's not
0: street food then i don't it's probably why you have to go for oh, street that, food
1: that's one thing i haven't experienced so i want to travel to southeast asia at some point to like you know vietnam and really like experience street food like vietnam, you vietnam know, you might not, you might not come people. back from what i've heard Oh, Man, I've I've been looking at it from a distance. I'm like, because me when I when I travel, I like to like really get out there into the city and you know really do do stuff in in those places. So you know, hopefully after COVID, you no, know, I got my first shot today. Oh, nice. So maybe in a in a year's time, when the world is back to normal, maybe we can start
0: getting out there again. I don't think you have to wait for up to a year. But if you see a cheap flight yeah. to Vietnam in four months, take it. <laughs> yeah, COVID right, numbers right, right. were also down too. So. They did did a good job over there. So um, what are the future plans for the podcast, for yourself, you know, beginning to wrap up? So, Yeah, I mean, the the podcast for myself, I want to
1: take a stab at uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, I want to take a stab at the startup ecosystem. Um, I have a few ideas. Uh, It might be premature for me to share it. Now, oh, wow. but I've been waiting for the right idea for like six years now. I've had some ideas, and when I want to try them, I've, I'll see that oh, there are like two, three, four, five companies that have been doing this for ten years already. Not to say that doesn't mean you can't start. Like when Facebook came into the scene, there was Yahoo and all these things. But you know, but I I think I have an idea that I think I can get off the ground like because when I see all these people who went to I went to the Harvard African Business Conference in 2019. And when I saw people that went to Harvard, like, look, the only advantage you have over me is that you went to this school called Harvard. Because, you, you know, you, you know, you, smart, you, you, you've
0: discovered the truth. I don't get two heads
1: for you, you know, that kind <laughs> of stuff. So I think I want to take a stab at it to one. Uh, take a stab at having financial freedom because you know how it is in the U.S. If you are not careful, you'll be, you'll be working all the days of your life and you'll be indebted. I also want to make people know that it's possible that you don't have to. You know, you can come here as an international student hustle your way and still be somewhere in five to ten years that you don't have to. To to to. Just be nothing against, you know, people work regular nine to five, but you don't have to just be in one ecosystem in Houston being a nurse and just be going to the Nigerian church every Sunday and that's your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can play in the leagues that these Caucasian people and other people who went to Ivy League school play in and you can win, you know? So I, I want that. So I also want to like, let that to be a signal just the way my brother inspired me inspired people like in my high school and stuff let them see that this is possible as well hopefully you know, way so on the professional side i want to take a stab at that um in this year i want to take a stab at that so maybe when i have the idea fully formed i'll be back on your podcast talking about it Yeah. and uh, on the podcast side um i really want the podcast to grow beyond me um i I want to be that that it's it's kind of like playing off the professional side as well because you know Learning about other cultures is near and dear to my heart. But as I grow bigger, like professionally, hopefully like can, I can hire like a full team and put everyone on a salary and like say, oh, you know what, while well, flying to England today to go and interview, I don't know, someone, a Cockney person or we're going to interview an Aboriginal in Australia nice. or I connecting like to, you know. So just make it bigger and bigger on a, on a grander scale, you know, that kind of thing. So that's what is in my headspace right now because um time waits for no man and i'm just trying to make as much impact as i can and document that impact through my podcast and some book ideas i have hopefully pass on that information to the next generation so
0: that's beautiful and i, and I know you will 100 and fun fact about uh, fa- facebook uh, you know, everybody forgets that the original facebook was uh, that like was that website. Um uh, like like or hot, like or not. That was the original phase. Or hot or not. Hot or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the original phase. That's what Facebook began as and then Facts. grew into uh um what it is today. Because at one point in time high five was a lot more popular than Facebook. High five was a happening place than Facebook, so yeah. Um so thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, USE. USA Yes, I still remember that. <laughs> um, um, final question. What would you like to leave the audience with? Uh, could be a line from um, a mantra you live by or a line from one of your favorite books, or uh, song, or just anything you'd like to leave the audience with
1: right i mean um what i'll just like to leave the audience I, I don't know what your audience is like maybe it's a a lot of immigrants who will listen to this but i would just like to encourage people to take that bull step to get out get out of your comfort zone you know whenever i tell people i live in colorado like colorado like <laughs> if you're black <laughs> if you're a black you're supposed to be in like atl or houston yeah. or yeah. or dmv or new york i like look there was an opportunity after grad school in Colorado. I took the chance of like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, why not? So like step out of your comfort zone. Um, If the road, if the picture was clear, like you saw the picture 100% like, oh, this is exactly how it's going to be in three years time if I start this project and everything, then it'll be too easy. You know, sometimes you can only see like one week out, one mm-hmm. day out, one hour out. But you have to trust the process and say, look, I'm going for this thing. Whether that's a podcast, you know, going to school, starting a business, you know, entering a relationship, whatever it is, like leave your comfort zone. Like because you're Nigerian, because you're Ghanaian, because you're Lebanese, like don't say, oh, this is what Lebanese are known for. This is what I have to do. My my dad was a nurse, my, my mother was a nurse. I have to be a nurse. I have to live this, you know, life that has been designed for me. you know step out of your comfort zone if there's something you want go ahead and get it and learn to adapt freely so i was lucky enough to do a lot of stupid things and i say stupid things because when i was younger like i threw caution to the wind i can walk into a minister's office and and like i was was what you could tell me tell me no or tell the security guys throw me off so because i've done a few things and not everything worked some things worked. that gave me the confidence to know that oh all i need to understand is that i just have to have the will to be able to take that first step mm-hmm. and learn to adjust as i go yeah. and you know that gave me some kind of concern that's what i'm encouraging everyone to do like take that first steps that first step everyone has a dream that they want to achieve but maybe because of where they are or their family they're not receiving support for their family or whatever like step out like hot or not like whoever knew facebook could become as big at it as it is whoever knew like you know whatever big things out there become as big as it is so don't be afraid to stay and it, it won't always work out like life happens sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. but trust me sometimes you learn those lessons and let's just try to come together as a, as a community whether that's uh, any community or even as human beings in general like no matter where someone comes from like That person is no different than us. We're all part of the same race, the human race. What we need in this world is more understanding. But there are a lot of forces that are working overtime to make, make sure that they, they sow the seed of divisiveness and things like that. But let's try to give people a chance. Don't say, oh he's uroba this is how uroba people behave Or well, he's asian this is how asian people behave give each individual person a chance when they fuck up then you can write them off like this person but that no means so you can't use that person fuck up cover the whole <laughs> tribe you know yeah. or something like that yeah. so yeah that that's just what i have to say and uh yeah i encourage people to reach out to me as well and uh yeah, let's chop it up just like how me and you met. Like, let's chop it up. It doesn't have to be on the podcast. It can be on the phone call, text message. Awesome. Uh, only fans, whatever it is. So
0: hey, you get only fans too. That that works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have money to support it right now, but I, I, will, I will. I will plug it always. <laughs> oh, um, you know, one thing that caught my attention from what you were saying, uh, you know. I remember when I got out of the Navy and one of the biggest mistakes I made was thinking I had to have something like right away, right away, right away. And that was the reason why instead of taking it, I couldn't see myself taking a step back and I should have been on unemployment for a while because I qualified for it. I've you know, been paying tax for how many years, for four years straight. At the unemployment, I should have done that, relaxed weighed my options then moved but instead I was just like jumping jumping and the next thing I was my savings were gone and then it's like I have to take unemployment now then I'm rushing to take the first thing that comes in my way and I was just you know that's how depression came up and Mm -hmm. the the unemployment I was like so eager to get out of it because and nobody knew I was on unemployment but I was like judging myself so much like, oh, I really this is an embarrassment. It's a shame that I'm on a, a oh, the
1: that's, that's a Nigerian. He's very, Nigerian, very, exactly Nigerian, very proud. I mean.
0: meanwhile, <laughs> that is there to help me find my feet. Right. And you know, so sometimes use what is there to help you find your way wow. to the next level. You don't have to just oh rush. You're not in competition with anybody you're not with anybody that's one thing that i you know i just have to say that yeah. you, one...
1: you might have been programmed for that just yeah. because maybe just i was programmed for, for that because
0: yeah i just yeah. i had to rush myself into making a whole bunch of mistakes taking a job that i, I hated but i performed well obviously, obviously i had to i had to perform but you know i was just hating my life for a long time you know so with that being said where, where can people find you please um, so if you want to find the podcast,
1: it's Culture Class Podcast everywhere. You can just go to cultureclasspodcast.com. Uh, you can see what we've been up to, see old episodes and follow us on social media. Um, if you want to find myself, my last name is Iyari. Um, but I'm not affiliated with Yari
0: Motos. Like <laughs> I was about bad. to say that. That name <laughs> familiar. Oh, man, I forgot about Yari Man, bro, like when, when I
1: was in uni band, like towards exam time, when people, towards uh, vacation <laughs> time, everyone will be coming to me because they want to get a few tickets. And, you know, I won't, I, I won't admit if I use that to track some girls, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, yeah, my, my, uh. my last name is Iyare. So it's Nosa, N-O-S-A-I-Y-A-R-E, um on all social media. Uh, shout out to Kanye West for making me believe in my real name and drop all the monikers and handles and English names I had and using my traditional Benin name, Nosa Iyare, and being proud of that everywhere. So Nosa Iyare, a pretty unique name. Um, search for me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's the same thing. All right. Uh, yeah, I look forward to connecting with you guys. Awesome.
0: And I'll have all those links in the in the show notes too, so it's easier for everybody to find you. So keep the love coming in, and we say again to Nosa and we say to the listeners and we say thank you if you, if you didn't know that, and it's thank you in Bini language. So uh, thank you for the privilege of your company, and keep the love coming in. Five star ratings, don't forget. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoy the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.